Okay, the mind we're going to learn is based on a verse in the Sixth Torah portion. <coughs> Hashem says, <coughs> after the flood, there was a rainbow, and the rainbow is a sign of Hashem's promise that He will never again bring a flood to the world. When the attribute of justice comes before Hashem and says that the world should be destroyed, so the rainbow is a sign of Hashem's promise that it, the world will never again have a flood. This is a sign of my covenant. I have placed a rainbow in the cloud, and the rainbow will be in the cloud. In this mime, we're going to learn the meaning of what a cloud is spiritually, and what a rainbow is spiritually. In the Yesh, the mime is a rapsukimelu, There is a mimer on these verses that was just printed, and apparently this mimer is from the Alter Rebbe. The Rebbe then goes into, the, into the, in this parenthesis, very long parenthesis, um, the Rebbe goes into a discussion about who the author of the mimer is, and although the Tzemach Tzedek um, quotes sections of the Mimer named the Alter Rebbe, it is possible that it is from the Tzemach Tzedek himself. The Tzemach Tzedek um, would sometimes quote Maimarm of the Alter Rebbe without saying they're from the Alter Rebbe. On other occasions, good morning, on other occasions, um, the Rebbe explained the reason why the Rebbeim did this, the reason why they, they didn't um, um, directly uh, uh, say where they got their teachings from, although it says in the Mishnah and Perkyavis that if someone tells you something, you should say where you got it from, and if you do, you bring redemption to the world. The reason why it's important in general to say where you, you, you hear things from is because when you, um, you say, let's say, I heard something from Chaim Peretz, say Chaim Peretz, I heard something Chaim Peretz told me. So I'm drawing attention to the source of a teaching that I received. So that's connected to the coming of Mashiach. Why? What's Mashiach about? Mashiach is about that the world itself, as we know it, will see all the good that's in the world. We'll see the source of the world. We'll see the goodness, the godliness in the world. So when I draw attention to the source of where I heard something from, when I quote someone, I'm paying attention to the source. And that also reveals the source of a creation. That's why it brings Mashiach. Mashiach is about revealing the source of creation. Nevertheless, the Tzemach Tzedek would not always quote the Alter Rebbe, although he was saying words in the Alter Rebbe. He didn't say, I heard this in the Alter Rebbe. And the reason is because, the Rebbe said, is because when, when the Tzemach Tzedek learned something from the Alter Rebbe, it became one with him. It was no longer something you heard from the Alter Rebbe, but it became his own teaching. It became his kimso nisatsim became so aligned with his very being that it no longer was something he heard from someone else. It was his own teaching. It became his own. Anyway, so there's a discussion about whether this mimer is from the Alt Rebbe or not, but either way, it's from our Rebbeim, and, and it was just printed uh, before the Rebbe said this discourse in 1983. Actually, it was probably 82. 1982. Yeah. Uh, let's go on the bottom of the page. Maybe by mimer zeh, uh, as the Tzemach uh, Tzedek or the Alter Rebbe it's almost certain that it's from the Alter Rebbe the Alter Rebbe brings in this discourse the question of the commentaries 
And in his discourse, he quotes all of the different commentaries by name, and he and he quotes their um, various answers and questions about this topic. What's the topic? The topic is this: What's the meaning of the rainbow? Why is the rainbow something? that emerges after the flood. After there's a flood, then there's a rainbow. A rainbow seems to be a natural occurrence. The sun shines on one side of the sky, and on the other side of the sky there are clouds. Because of the light of the sun that is reflected in the cloud, that is how we see a rainbow. So the question is, why are we saying that the rainbow is some kind of godly omen, a, a sign that God remembers his promise when, and that's something which only comes to the world after the flood, it would seem that there's a natural occurrence and should have been there before the flood as well and it shouldn't seem, and, and it doesn't make sense to say it would seem that this is some, some kind of godly sign, it's just a natural occurrence. It's something that Hashem placed in creation without the flood. So why is this rainbow a a um, a sign? Why is it why is it a sign when it seems to be just be a natural occurrence? For you, the next paragraph. Understands by first prefacing the idea of a cloud. It says in the Torah, "I've placed my rainbow in the cloud." So to understand what the rainbow is, let's first understand what the cloud is spiritually. And then we'll know what the idea of the rainbow is. There are two kinds of clouds spiritually. There is a cloud in a positive sense. The cloud represents something very lofty. When there's a very lofty revelation of godliness, and it's impossible to receive this revelation because the recipient is not able to receive it. It's too. It's too high. It will. He. He can't absorb it. What happens then? So that's the purpose of the cloud. The cloud filters this revelation so that the recipient could receive it. Without the cloud, the recipient would be too high. Would be too much. This is similar to a, the following concept. It says in the Torah, Hashem and Elohim, the name of Hashem and the name of Elohim, are, can, are similar to a sun and its sheath, the sun and its covering. Hashem's name, Yukivavke, each name of Hashem is a different way that Hashem reveals, a different each name is about how Hashem connects to us in a different way. When we daven, we're supposed to daven as, as Rivosh says, like a, like a baby. You're talking to Hashem, and you're not supposed to focus on the various names of Hashem and what they represent. But now we're studying about the, the names of Hashem for a second. What are the names of Hashem? What do the names mean? So the Medrash says, Hashem says, I'm called by my names. That means that I, my, according to my actions, I am called. According to my deeds, I am called. The names that I have have to do with my deeds. So Hashem's ability to hide himself 
is connected to the name Elokim. Hashem's ability to reveal Himself is connected to the name Yukivavke. Nature is numerical equivalent to the word Elokim. Because in nature, Hashem is hidden. The word nature itself, Teva, means submerged. The godly energy in, in creation is like something which is submerged in water, which is fully present, but it's not seen. Yudkevavke is the name of Hashem, which, which is the source of uh, when Hashem is revealing Himself, and it's not, it's not reckoning with what the world can or cannot receive. Just Hashem is expressing His truth. So Yudkevavke is expression of Hashem's truth, and Elakim is Hashem's, way Hashem, Hashem's ability to hide Himself. Hashem himself is beyond his names, but Hashem's ability to relate to us in a way of havaya, in a way of revelation, or in a way of concealment. So the Pasuk says, Hashem and Elikim are similar to Yudkevavke, uh, to, um, to, to uh, havaya and Elikim. Havaya and Elikim are similar to the sun and its sheath. The sun itself is too, is too um, the light of the sun it says Mashiach will come, the tzaddikim will be healed by the light of the sun, and the Rishoyim, the wicked, will be judged by the light of the sun. Why will there be such an impact from the light of the sun after Mashiach comes? Because the sun will no longer have its covering. Now the sun is covered somewhat, there's some kind of sheath around the sun. I don't know if scientists have discovered this yet, but um, there's some kind of covering around the sun. And because of its covering, it's not, it's not the uh, um, full revelation of the sun. And uh, when Moshiach comes, there will be the full revelation of the sun. And therefore, there's this impact that Tzadikim will be healed by it, or Shayim will be judged by it. The, um, the revelation of Yudke Vavke is similar to the revelation of the sun. Just like the sun, its light is too powerful for us to, to receive it. And we have this reaction to it. Mashiach will come because it's too high for us to receive it. And the need to have the covering of the sun for us to absorb it. So too the revelation of Yukivavke is too high for us to receive. We can't receive the full revelation of Godliness. And therefore Hashem puts a nartik, puts a covering of Elakim around um, his revelation of Yukivavke. In order for us to receive the light of Hashem, it has to be filtered. So that's what the Pasuk means. Hashem, Elakim, is like the sun and its sheath. Yudkevavke and Elikim are like the sun, just like the, the sun's light has to be filtered by the sheath. So too, the revelation Kevavke has to be filtered by Hashem Elikim, and Hashem Elikim is actually uh, allowing us to receive the revelation Kevavke. We couldn't receive the revelation Kevavke by itself. We had to have this uh, this covering. So that's the function of a cloud in the positive sense. It's a tool for revelation. The 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 um, Cloud helps the revelation. Um, let's see it read inside. Line number 17. You cannot receive the revelation of Hashem, which was compared to a sun, without the covering, without the sheath, without the shield of Elohim. And that's why Mashiach will come when the sun will be taken out of its sheath. The tzaddikim will be healed by the light of the sun, and the shame will be judged because it's it's something which is too high for the world to receive in a regular way, and therefore there's this the reaction will have to it when Mashiach comes, when it's taken out of its sheath. So to Yukivavke is a too high revelation for us to receive. And there has to be the sheath, there has to be the covering, there has to be the filter of Shemilakim. And that's the meaning of the cloud that we read about when the Torah was given. The Torah says 
that Moshe Rabbeinu went in the cloud. Why did Moshe need to go into a cloud? When God gave us the Torah, Moshe was in the cloud. Why? Since the revelation of godliness that took place when God gave us the Torah was extraordinary. So in order for Moshe Rabbeinu to receive this revelation, it had to be filtered. And the cloud was a filter through which Moshe Rabbeinu was able to absorb the revelation at Mount Sinai. We find that darkness is considered a positive thing. Elsewhere, this talks about the um, custom that we have when we, when we say the brach of Yetzer Er after Yishtabach, we um, touch our hand fillin when we say Yetzer Er. We touch our head fillin when we say Beirich Heishach. We say he creates light, we touch our hand fillin. When we say he creates darkness, we touch our head fillin. Now, which fillin are, are holier? The hand fillin or the, holy, or the head fillin? The head fillin are holier. So the head fillin are holier. So why are we talking about darkness? When we touch the head film, we should talk about light. We touch the head film. When we should talk about darkness, when we touch, we touch the hand film. So Chassidus says you got it all wrong. You think darkness is lower than light? Darkness is higher than light. Look at the words. Yoitzer or boyri chayshach. comes from the word yitzira, the world of yitzira, the lower the lower world, which is called light compared to a lower level. And boyri is a world of bria, the higher world. That world is a higher world, and therefore is considered darkness because there's nothing of that world that the creations beneath it can, can receive. It's, it's too lofty for them to receive it. That's why they call it darkness. It's like, like the light of the sun that we just mentioned. It's too high to receive. So it's, it's a great revelation. And yet, as we're going to say, Baruch Hinashi today, there's a passing Baruch Hinashi, Yoshes Cheshach Sisre. God makes darkness his cloak. So the cloud is... The is like this this uh, darkness. It's, it's it represents a very lofty revelation. That side note also uh, when Moshe received the Ten Commandments from another Mimerish brings down this concept that he entered the cloud of darkness when he received the Ten Commandments. He went into that higher level of darkness. He received the higher level of darkness. So it wasn't a filter, but he he actually experienced what we would consider darkness. Is that, is that what you're saying? I was just. Uh, that I don't know. I'm just saying that it didn't say he entered the cloud of light. It was he's into darkness he went, which it's talking about again the Hosha. It brought down this whole concept of Hosha. So, so that's that's what we just said. We, we said the Moshe Rabbeinu had to go into the cloud. That we, we, just, we had my quotes that. Zev, you obviously don't have the mimer in front of you. <coughs> no, I guess I don't. <laughs> it's in this mimer. Oh, this is the same you learned before? This is the one before. Learned it before, yeah. Okay. So it's the same concept I mentioned this morning. Moshe had to go into the cloud to receive the revelation because the revelation of Mount Sinai was so great, you had to go into the cloud to get it. Too much. Too much. So this is also the idea of the incense and Yom Kippur. The incense and Yom Kippur forms a cloud. What creates the cloud of the incense? It's a positive thing. It's the tshuva, the Jewish people on Yom Kippur, it creates this cloud. This is a cloud in a positive sense, a great revelation, it's too high to receive, and needs to be filtered through this thing called Yoshas Cheshach Sisra, that God places darkness as his cloak. Next page. 
There's also cloud in the negative sense. Clouds also indicate something very low. Although in its source, the cloud is a very positive thing. It's, it represents such a lofty revelation that cannot be received. But that lofty revelation through a series of a a, a multitude of, of um, level after level descending and curtains and parsois, all kinds of, of, of tzimtzumim, um, all kinds of contractions to the light, it's possible that from this lofty revelation, which is too high for us to receive, there comes a shvira. There's something that shatters. That means it's not at all a revelation anymore. It's cloudy in the sense that it's dark, that there's a tzimtzum, there's a concealment, there's something the opposite of good. It says that the name of Elohim has 120 different ways that it could be um, uh, spelled. That it, that, that, and because it has 120 ways it can be spelled, there are 120 different kinds of concealment. So the cloud of holiness, the cloud in the positive sense, of, can produce through a multitude of contractions and sensumim and a shviran, and where there's not just a consumer, but it, it, it's broken off from its original source, there can be a cloud in the negative sense. There's a total consumed of galangas, there's a total concealment. That's why sins are compared to clouds. As the Torah says, I have erased, like a cloud, your iniquities. I have, I have erased, like a cloud, your sins. So the sins are compared to a cloud, because a cloud is a concealment. This cloud is not a filter to receive a revelation. This cloud is darkness. That the cloud could be not a, a cloud in a positive sense, but could be in a negative sense that it, 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 it puts you totally in the dark. I think I shared this on Shabbos, um, the Alter Rebbe, on the morning of Shabbos Bereshis in Liyajna, the Alter Rebbe began reading the Torah, and he said, Bereshis bar Elikim. And then he leaned over the Torah, it was in a state of total dvekost, and uh, he stopped. And then he woke up from his state of Tveikos, and he continued, and he said, So his grandson, Tzemach Tzedek, said that for sure his grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, was thinking about a teaching of his spiritual grandfather, the Baal Shem Tev, when he was in a state of rapture. What was he thinking about? But in the simple translation, the verse is, in the beginning God made the heaven and the earth. The Baal Shem Tev said, The first thing a Jew has to know in the service of Hashem is, Bara Lakim Bara comes from the word revelation. And a Jew has to reveal what's, why, what's your role in this world. Your role in this world is to reveal Hashem from a state of being hidden. The Elakim is in power of concealment. What's your role in this world is to reveal godliness in the place of darkness. That's your role. And how do you do this? You do this by by looking into creation, looking at divine providence, looking at the world, and looking at, at, at the creation of all the... Um, uh, the, the, the splendor of Hashem in creation 
that is, gives you the, the strength to, um, to, to, to do your role in the world, to reveal Hashem in a place Hashem wasn't revealed before. Then there is another teaching of the Baal Shem Tev. The previous ever shared when World War II began. This teaching says Bara means revelation. The word Bara also comes from the word Brius, which means health. So the Baal Shem Tev said there, it could be such a concealment of godliness that not only is Hashem hidden in nature, but, 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 but it's not gezun, it's not healthy. There's a shvira, there's a breaking. There's, there's such, so much concealment that there's, that there's a, it, it's, it's um, so to speak, like, it looks like it's it nothing to do with what came before. It, it, it's total darkness. So a Jew has to know that his role in the world is to gezun machen sheim alakim, to make sheim alakim healthy. How does he make sheim alakim healthy? By, by revealing Hashem in the world. That's the role of a Jew. Beresh, the first thing a Jew has to know is he, he's meant to do that. So the, the idea of a cloud is, is on a, could be a positive thing, represents a filter to receive Hashem's light, or it could be a negative thing, that's why sins are compared to clouds. Just like there are two spiritual clouds. There is a cloud which is meant to reveal. It's a filter cloud. And there is a cloud which is concealment, total concealment, like like the cloud of sin. So we have the cloud of tshuva, which is a great a lofty revelation, like the incense in Yom Kippur. And there is a cloud which is the cloud of sin, which is a darkness. So too, in physical clouds, are two different concepts in physical clouds. There are physical clouds that you're able to look through those clouds at the sun, at least for a moment, Look at the cloud, and you could and you could perceive the sun through the cloud. And there are clouds that completely obstruct the light of the sun. This is similar to what the Gemara says: a, a cloudy day is like a day of judgment. A day of a cloudy day is a difficult day, like a day of judgment. So the cloud represents judgment. The cloud represents concealment. So there's a, there are clouds which are. Which are which are functioning as a um, a means to see the sun, and there are clouds which cause darkness in the world that you actually can't see anything. So these physical clouds, where do they come from? They come from two different spiritual clouds. There are clouds which are like tshuva, the terrace, the incense, which like Moshe Rabbeinu's cloud, that you're able to receive receive a greater revelation through the cloud. And then there's a cloud of sin which causes a concealment. So that's why there are two physical kinds of clouds. This will help us understand, we asked the question before, why is it that clouds were created after the flood? Before the flood, the world was not yet purified. And therefore, the clouds were not built in a way that the light of the sun could permeate them, so that you could see the sun through them, Therefore, there was no, there's no rainbow. After, after the flood, the world became purified. So the clouds became lighter. The clouds became more, less, less dense. So that this light of the sun could be perceived through them, and you could see the rainbow through the light of the um, through the clouds. So before this, the, the flood, the clouds were like the second kind of clouds, the clouds of, of total darkness. And after the world was purified, 
just like there are physical clouds that we could see um, the sun through, so too, as a result of the flood, these clouds now um, became more um, conducive to receive the light of the sun in a way that we could benefit from it. This idea that the cloud allows us to receive the light of the sun, this is similar to the concept of tshuva. Just like we said before, as we said before, the cloud of the incense is created by the tshuva of Yom Kippur. How is a cloud mirror the idea of tshuva? Just like a cloud is formed physically by, uh, by mist that arises from the earth, as the Torah says in, in this week's Torah, in last week's Torah portion, mist rises from the earth, earth and becomes a cloud and then it rains. So the mist of the cloud comes from the earth. So too spiritually, what creates the, um, the cloud is our efforts, tshuva. Tshuva, which comes from within, from the, from the Jewish people in this world, that's what creates the, um, the, the cloud. Just like a physically a cloud is formed from mist that rises from the earth, so too it is our tshuva, our efforts, that, 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 that create the spiritual cloud. Kiyudua, line number three, is There are three kinds of air between the sun and the earth. The air which is closest to the sun, the space closest to the sun, has a, it's the hottest. The air in space, which is farther from the sun, in between the sun and the earth, is absolutely cold. It's, it's, it's the coldest. Then when the sun hits the earth, the, 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 the air, which is the space which is closest to the earth, there there, there is warmth. This is because the light of the sun can't continue. It's stopped by the earth. And so because, because the light is stopped by the earth, therefore it, 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 it's concentrated and it, there's warmth. As it spreads out, there's no warmth. When it's next to the sun, there's warmth. There's a lot of warmth. When, it's, when it relieves the sun, it's cold. It spreads out. But when it hits the earth, then it, 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 the, the heat bounces off the earth, and therefore it's, it's concentrated, and therefore there is, there's a lot of warmth. In a similar way, that's the idea of tshuva. Tshuva is um, a similar concept where, where there is... It comes from the earthiest, lowest things... And yet, it comes from the earth, and yet it creates this intense godly revelation. When a person's in the lowest of levels, like the, 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 the light of the sun which has reached the earth, and there he does tshuva from that place, that creates the greatest revelation. When a person is in a state of spiritual uh, constraints, as we say in our prayers, out of, we say in Hal today, out of constraint to call out to you, Hashem, with abounding relief, you answered me. When a person's in a state of constraint, a state of difficulty, then, anani then there is this abounding relief of Hashem's response. So specifically, when a person is in a state of, of, of the lowest, farthest from the sun, the, 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 the lowest of levels, that's how he creates this, this great revelation of truth. Chazak <laughs>